Hello and welcome to Odd Spots. I'm Ryan Mullen and this is my podcast where I'm talking to people in a different place every time. That is the premise. So sometimes I'm talking to people in private locations. Other times I talk to people in public locations. Probably for the most part they'll be in public spots. So after doing a handful of these I have noticed that there are definitely background noises that happen. Sometimes there's birds chirping or people talking or music being played in wherever we're at. And that's just the nature of what this podcast is about. So if you need your podcast to be in a closed off soundproof room with an audio engineer, then this is not the podcast for you. Uh, After editing the episodes myself, I have found that it really doesn't fully, it doesn't distract me, take me away from the conversation just because you hear whatever going on in the background. It it makes it feel more real. Like we're in a real spot. It's like you're an actual fly on the wall in this real conversation that we sometimes, sometimes I get so into them, I forget that I'm holding a microphone and it's being recorded. That's how, that's some of the great talks I've had. Uh, I'm releasing this show in batches of five. So it's not gonna be uh, released weekly or bi-weekly. It'll just be released in batches of five based off of themes. So when I get five episodes that are basically around the same theme, then I'll release all the episodes. Uh, For the most part, I'm thinking the themes are going to be passion-based, so what people are most excited to talk about, things that they're doing and loving to do, like music or animation. The first theme, so right now there are five episodes out about comedy. I I started doing stand-up comedy because I got obsessed with comedy podcasts, so I found that would be appropriate and probably the most reoccurring theme that I I go to on this podcast. Any of the music you hear is by The New Swears, you should check them out. They're a great Ottawa band. The cover art of this podcast was done by Jared Harrison of AM through PM. He is my go-to guy for anything graphic design, poster, animation, and he should be your go-to guy too. You'll notice that I am still trying to figure out how to host my own show. So in these episodes, I often forget to plug anybody's stuff at the end of the episodes. So any of the information uh, how, to, how to find more about the guests, you could find in the info section of the episode wherever you're listening to it. So I'll have their like handles or any website they want that they w- would uh, want you to go to. Uh, for example, for this first episode, I have on Sophie Hayes, who is an Ottawa comedian and improviser, and she has her own podcast called Dumb Bitch Media. And so you should check that out right off the top. That's where the plugs go if I forget them at the end. We recorded this episode in McLaren's, which felt so perfect for this to be the inaugural episode of the podcast to be at McLaren's because it's a pretty special spot to me. I've spent many Saturday nights there with my friends playing pool and having great times. And so it just seems so appropriate for this to be the beginning of this show. So thank you very much for clicking on this. And uh, without further further ado, hear the episode. All right, I'm here with Sophie Hayes. Sophie, where are we? What are we looking at? What are the possible sounds you might be hearing during this podcast? Um, we are at McLaren's on Elgin Street. Um, there's a lot of pool tables around. I think we're the only people in this restaurant besides the people that work here. There's one person, one lady at the bar. Perfect, yeah. yes. I have not made eye contact with no. her. Um, there's a lot of sports games playing on TV and weird techno jazz playing in the background. That is a great description. There, It's mm-hmm. a super hot day out and so this is one of the best spots where on the signs outside it's got cold all over <laughs> to say everyone come here. <laughs> it's nice and air conditioned. It is very yeah. nice, yeah. 
and there's no one here, which is better than all the other places we were That we checking. walked by. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's trying to be inside because it's yeah. so hot out. Yeah, it's gross. Yesterday I was trying to weed, and I just had to go in the shade. <laughs> it was not, not fun. No, it was gross. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, so right now, I'm really excited to have you on because you were my first friend in the comedy community. Yeah, like, I was so excited. So nice. um, we met, actually, I guess I'll start before that, uh, through Dirty Bingo, uh, yeah. which is a... An odd spot. Uh, yeah. 2015. <laughs> wow. You remember the, the yeah. year specifically. Do, yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. We were watching. It was Spenny was hosting from Kenny versus Spenny. Mm-hmm. A dirty bingo at Algonquin in the OB. And through mutual friends, we were both there. I think we might have also been at a, maybe a Halloween party together. Is that possible? Or no? That sounds possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think so. Maybe in Emma's basement or something yeah, like that. Something yeah. Something okay. like that. I think we have. Yeah, it was like two things we were at. And then hadn't seen you for a couple years and then I started to go to some local auto comedy shows and I saw you at Black Squirrel working the door oh. for Laura and Kennedy's pulling all uh pulling all Snyder yeah they had a Christmas show in August yeah it was the August one and mm-hmm. uh it was uh, so I recognized you there and I was like oh okay yeah I knew I didn't know you were a part of this this is super cool and then the very next show that I did with my second set you were at the Wellington Eatery and I talked to you there and I was like oh we kind yeah. of know each other and you're like oh yeah yeah okay that makes sense and then I was like, yeah, I don't know anyone. And you're like, well, you know me. And I just really appreciated <laughs> that. I thought that was cool. Like, you didn't even like see my set yet. And you were just still super friendly and, and nice. I'm glad that meant something. Because, oh, like, yeah. I don't know. It's comedy's hard because, yeah, like, you don't know anyone. And I find the Ottawa scene is, like, people are really friendly. Mm-hmm. But people feel intimidated coming into it. Even though, for the most part, I think it's not too bad it's no. mostly perception definitely but when i was going to a lot of shows at yuck yucks with my yeah. friends i would see all these people and then i started following some people on instagram and i'd see you guys as a as groups on like taking your photos after you and i'm like oh it's so cool like i want to be part of that mm-hmm. I, I, I found like groups i'm like oh, i want to be friends with these people but then you're like how do i do that how do i how do you do that yeah get into that and then it's just kind of showing up a lot like you go to so many shows and that's how i really like you you'd be at almost every show i was going to the beginning still now you're at yeah. like, uh it's nuts i listened to your podcast which i'll get into in a little bit but mm-hmm. you had a you this is a quote that you said okay. <laughs> um you said last weekend i believe you did two shows Thursday, yeah. one show Friday, yeah. one show Saturday, yeah. one show Sunday. Yeah. At the exact same time, I audibly said, "What the fuck?" At the same time, Ev did. Like <laughs> it was, it was, it was nuts just to hear that. Like, how do you, how are you doing that? How are you getting booked on all these shows? How are you like, having the motivation? Like five shows in four days is crazy. Yeah, I find that like, so like you know how like in the scene, there's some shows where you sign up every week, and then there's mm-hmm. some that are like monthly. Yeah. So you sign up. In like a month in advance and then they put you on for the next month this happens to me a lot and it happens to Ev a lot too so I don't know if this happens to everybody but I find my shows get stacked together yeah there's a lot of shows that are like at the end of the month that are at the end of the month in one week yeah Yeah. or they often put me on like bureaucracy for example Mm -hmm. at the end of the month oh specifically that one that one it always just works out that I'm always second or last Mm -hmm. show of the month yeah um so I find my shows often just get all booked in the same week so like that week for example I was booked on a th- the Thursday show that I did two months in advance because it was a fundraiser and then I went to bureaucracy after and lotto. Mm. Okay, yeah. And then the Friday I had asked for at the beginning of that week. Mm-hmm. And okay. then the Saturday show I got booked on last minute because someone dropped out and okay. I said I would do it. Yeah. And then the Sunday show, which was um, 
like a, a weekly one. They had booked me the week before. Yeah. So I ended up filling in like a couple. Ac- I was going to have less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It just worked out I like find that. a lot yeah. of it is just if people know you're reliable. Like if you go to a mm-hmm. lot of shows yeah. and you do lotto spots, like mm-hmm. people know that you're reliable. They know pretty much what to expect. So they're mm-hmm. more comfortable like asking you kind of for for kind sure. of for favors. Yeah. If okay. People yeah. are dropping out. You know. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, you're. But yeah, reliable is a way they know they can trust you yeah. and you'll show up. That's cool. Um, what did that just remind me? Oh yeah, it's kind of funny to see the uh, who's giving applause for who in an audience of like comics. Like you get, yeah. to see, you get to see if you don't. If you're, I'm still fairly newer. I'm like, okay, who's friends with who? And then you get to see very like, oh, this person's clapping super hard for this person. They're good friends or. There's no claps. <laughs> they don't like that person. Yeah, like, or something totally. Like, or, or just don't, don't aren't familiar. Or they just don't think they're funny just, or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Where I think you usually get the most. Like I find you usually get one of the most applauses from the most comics. And I think it's just a, like a test of you going out to so many shows and just being so like open and friendly with so yeah. many people. I try to be friendly with people. Yeah. I think for the most part I'm on good terms with most. And which is why other I think comedians. You, <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely seen when you're. It's a room full of comics and you're getting a huge applause. Yeah. by most people like I think that's that's, that's interesting really I didn't realize that just because it's like you can't really tell you, can't you know tell, what I mean for like sure. you kind of get the like tunnel mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah you have no thing idea. you can't hear and you can't see yeah like, yeah what's you're just like on. this is happening right now I'm going up yeah and you exactly. don't know but I think that's definitely the case yeah with you, totally. just so you know I think it's cool I try to be a good audience member too for mm-hmm. people in general like you know when you go to so many shows you get to know people's sets but if something's genuinely funny like I'll laugh every time they yeah, say it even if I know it's coming right yeah and like sometimes I do it on purpose but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you shouldn't laugh just because you've heard it before, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when I went to Toronto recently, like w- me and the other person I went with kept getting told that we were really good audience members mm. because nobody there was having fun, like trying like to give a respectful audience yeah. member. Yeah, it's so weird. Because they're more like in their head of like, well, I'm not going to give them something because like, then I won't look as good or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's so or weird. It seem like an easy laugh. When it's like yeah. you're having fun and relate and, ho- and connecting with someone else's ideas. And that's the thing of like, if, I, if you find someone's funny, like I, I just heard uh, Jim Carrey who's talking to Sasha Baron Cohen. He's like, I had two options. I could either be super jealous or really appreciative of yeah. your work. And it's like, I, I said, love Bora and whatever. And he's like, I really love your stuff. But I could, he was scared of the idea of this huge other person that was similar. Yeah. People and, f- shouldn't feel like shameful of like liking other comedians work but i think a yeah. lot of people feel like they're in competition all the time yeah that's so weird that's yeah. not why yeah, i think you should be out it should be for the fun of hearing the other ideas yeah. and concepts and yeah i don't know it's such a weird thing it's really weird like it's funny uh, after someone had a joke uh, last thursday you're like oh that sounds like something you would do and then me and that guy we're like yeah we connected because we had the similar yeah. <laughs> similar type <laughs> of vibe and ideas similar. oh we're just getting food now thanks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny and yeah, odd <laughs> spot. <laughs> um, what did that just remind me of? Thanks. Um, no, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I've wondered that this was also when I was testing this podcast. I uh, was at like yeah, like a bar, and then we ordered f- drinks, and then the next person, next time the server came up, we had microphones out, and I was like, are people gonna say, what are you doing, and leave? The main issue, I've done a lot of things with video. It's when there's a camera, that's when uh, places are worried. But microphones, this is like... They don't care about that. <laughs> they yeah. have no They're idea. Like, Anyone could loser. be... <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's happening? This is nothing. Right, because you were working... Well, you still work for yeah. Algonquin, right? Yeah. Doing all that film stuff? Yeah. The, okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. And mm-hmm. so I've done... Uh, since I was in high school, I was doing video projects type stuff where we would try to go into stores, go in malls and film stuff. Like. And they hate that, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's what... At one time, I was doing a video where I was dressed in a L-Block costume from Tetris. Okay. And uh, so I was just trying to walk around and try to 
like fit into places and do things. And so I was walking into a shopper's drug mart and I knew we were going to get kicked out. So I told my friend, I'm like, hey, doesn't matter what they say, keep filming. Just keep filming. Yeah. And then, of course, we get out and, uh, and I'm like, so what happened? Did you kept like, let me see the footage. She's like, no, I turned it off. I'm like, what did I say? Like, I, I, we, the, we went through the plane and then you just got scared by authority being like, hey, you're they not supposed to be off. here. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, what I'm going to have to go through with this podcast, seeing all the different possible scenarios of dynamics of maybe places or I'm businesses. I'm sure there's some places where they won't like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you actually face that more towards... Yeah, like more like that, yeah. Like this? Yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. Cool. Um, what did that... What did you know me? Oh, yeah. So I guess I want to maybe go back to something I don't fully know okay. is how you got into stand-up. Was that through improv? Did you start with improv? Kind of. Um, I've been doing improv since 2014. Okay. Um started stand-up in the winter of 2017 like December or November of 2017 um and I was always like interested in stand-up you know like whatever and I kind of wanted to try it but um someone that I was dating told me that I wasn't funny enough to do stand-up oh my god and then when we broke up I was like I'm just gonna try it yeah and then yeah so that's kind of how I did my first show at like um it was like a showcase. They they don't do it anymore. Um, but it was like a showcase for like new comedians, and you had to do like between three and five minutes of new material. So it okay. was either like brand new people who mm-hmm. had never done stand up before, or people that were established that were doing like brand new jokes. Like they couldn't do anything that they'd ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Where was that? Um, it was at the old Improv Embassy like location. Okay. That doesn't exist anymore because okay. they moved. I think I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah, and the show is like they don't do that show anymore. It was just the try, trial thing. So you started with improv. Was that in a class or were you on a team or how did that work? Uh, no, I joined the Carleton Improv Club. Okay. So at Carleton University, they're actually one of the only improv teams, like university improv teams in Ontario that has an open club. So like anybody can join and anybody can go to practices and like whatever. What are other so, places like? So there's competitions. So okay. university, uh, Ontario and Quebec specifically have like a pretty like competitive university improv league like there's tournaments and competitions and stuff um but carlton has an open team so what that means is anybody can go to practices anybody can learn about improv like i was on the executive team so we used to we run workshops and stuff and then if you want to go in a competition you have to pay your membership fee which is ten dollars and then you would put your name in and then we pick people to go on the competitions and you know we try to send different people every time so carlton is like not a good improv team because we never win because other people like (laughs) do improv with the same six people every week for two years and whatever but like it's you know everybody gets to learn about improv that way it's a lot more inclusive and like it's for fun yeah it's not about winning a competition or stuff like that it's having fun with your friends (laughs) making stuff up on the spot (laughs) so stupid (laughs) (laughs) that's weird oh that's cool i like that like the sound of that i never did anything uh, that kind of improv. I did an improv podcast, which was pretty fun. Okay. But uh, That's I, cool. I like the idea more of like, I, I basically copied the style of Comedy Bang Bang, where I had friends come on and they had to play characters that they didn't tell me who they were. Uh, and then they would come on and, I, and okay. we would learn more about their character through the half hour yeah, of yeah. Um, finding it out together. That's cool. And it was super fun. And uh, yeah. it, was, it was so much better than me writing a character for my friends because they got to have the base themselves. To do it themselves and, and it's more we, genuine, right? Oh, yeah. Is their idea. Like one of my friends was on and she came on as a dog. And I'm like, yes, you're a dog. Dog. I love it. Like I love awesome. the creativity yeah. of it, and other people had their own just different ways of being creative, and it was it was super fun. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Improv is like 
it was I don't really do it very much anymore. Only if like someone's like paying me to go do a show or something like that okay. for improv. Um, just, just like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be on stage for like twenty minutes. You have to like work with other people. Yeah. I'm not really comfortable like improvising with random people that I don't know because like I've always done it in team scenarios where you at least kind of know the people yeah. that you're working with. So it's like unless someone approaches me i don't really do it anymore but aren't you and alice in a group called dilf yeah so me and my like one of my best friends like we have an improv team together so we basically only perform together yeah just because it's like there's a lot of opportunities in ottawa to do improv but a lot of it is for more like beginners and stuff like that and like i don't really want to do like beginner stuff because it's really hard when you've been doing improv for a long time because like other people are learning and it kind of takes away from their experience if like you're not on their level right you're mm. doing like you know, you're, like, getting frustrated because, like, they don't know what they're doing and, like, that's not their fault. And they're, like, Michael Scott pulling out a gun every scene trying to Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy. just, like, it's just not for me, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to... It's not fair to anyone in that situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't do very much improv stuff anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, would you say that helped lead you to stand-up? Like, going through something like that? I feel like there's kind of, like two different types of improv stand-up people so there's people that came from either like an acting background or like an improv background or something like that and then there's people who didn't right mm. so people that came from like an improv background so there's me there's like other you know local comedians like christina muehlberger mm. chelsea fahey like whatever mm -hmm. those people are really comfortable on stage yeah they already have that and experience are more comfortable I think if like someone heckles them or like they fuck up their joke like they yeah. can Adapt. roll with the punches yeah. whereas people that come from more of a writing background I think some usually have stronger jokes like they're mm. less likely to be storytelling comedians they're more likely to be like write like shorter jokes but yeah. they're also more rigid in their delivery at least in mm. the beginning yeah because they don't have that for sure experience performance that. background yeah. yeah I thought it was interesting one time I saw a guy um it looked like he was reading above the audience. Like I could see him reading his words. And then I asked him, I'm like, Oh, that's do you, weird. Do you practice? He's like, no. I'm like, Oh, well it's obvious. Like you should definitely like try practicing. You should try and memorize <laughs> yeah, your words. Yeah, yeah. Rather than like not looking at people's eyes and looking above them. Right. He was looking over their heads. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I have a problem where I often I find I don't see the light because I'm too busy looking in people's eyes. Like I'm too uh. busy. I'm too focused on trying to be with the people close and that I, I miss the light and I have no idea of time. And I, I, I never make eye contact with people. <laughs> no? No. Sometimes, but usually no. Really? Yeah. Where are you looking? Next to them? Above them? Uh, okay. my, like my <laughs> eyes are closed. I don't know. I have no They're idea closed. where I'm looking. <laughs> That's funny. It was one of the, I think, weirdest things or interesting things about like someone like Mitch Hedberg was that he wore sunglasses and had his hair in front of his face because he was scared of the audience. And yeah. he was in front of like huge audiences and that's such an interesting thing where I've heard that also for like Jimmy Kimmel apparently in university he failed an exam because he didn't have a pen and he was too afraid to ask someone for a pen. So he just didn't write the yeah, exam? Yeah, and so like, oh, and, that, wow. and now he's in front of millions of people but at that time he was still so, like, just the idea of asking for a pen, how hard is that? But then you're able to get, <laughs> get through it's that. It's different though, right? Like sometimes people... You know, like, if someone asks you to tell them a new joke that you're working on and it's mm. way harder to, like, deliver a joke to one person than yeah. it is to a big audience. Yeah. Because when it's such a big audience, it's, like, it's not individual people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there, uh, people are also Less able personal. to... Would you say, it, like, it's also other people's laughter can maybe be like, oh, what are they laughing? Oh, okay. Now I get it yeah. more easier. Like, like, there's something there. It's, like, mentality. Mm-hmm. 
and also it's just like they're not individual people anymore so it's like less intimidating you know it's just yeah. like it's more of a concept like the crowd it's not like yeah. people that have opinions and whatever yeah it's an interesting i think i heard jeff ross or someone say that they were like it's like a wave like you go up there and you're like riding a wave where like it's you're in the you're riding it and they got this energy pushing with you and it's so cool but in one misstep you could fall and the wave could crush you exactly <laughs> and yeah. I'm like wow that's a great that's true <laughs> metaphor and sometimes you get audiences where they really want to laugh and it's like once you get them they'll laugh at like everything yeah and then there's other times where it's like they literally only laugh if they actually think something is funny mm. so you can feel it it's like really quiet whenever yeah. you're delivering your jokes and then they'll laugh and then it's really quiet again and then like mm -hmm. you know yeah there was a guy in the, the night of my competition that I thought was so good. I think his name was James, where he was able to wait exactly for when the laugh stopped and then pick it right back up again. Mm -hmm. Like he was, mm -hmm. I thought that was very well done. Was that the guy that moved on or? Um, no, he was wearing the Festivus t-shirt. Oh, that guy. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, yeah, just very like professional. Like sometimes I'll like step on the laughs just cause I'm like scared. I want to like you go to go the next thing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, his was like very calculated of like, oh, I'm like, yeah. And then he would just pick it right back up as soon as the laugh was done. I'm like, oh, that was, that's a that was hard thing is to learn how to like, um, just like wait out mm -hmm. the laughing, like, you know, standing on stage and like have yeah. nothing to do really. It's weird. Yeah. You're like, you're yeah. just all looking at me now because of something that just happened. And now I'm just here. Yeah, you're like, wow, I did that. Are you guys done? <laughs> can I can I go go to the next thing? Were you at Swizzles the time I did the um, six minutes of silence on stage? No. What? That is. <laughs> what? I just like got on stage and like didn't talk for the whole set. Wow. Yeah. What were you visually doing? It's like standing there, <laughs> you were just standing congesting there. the microphone, drinking water, you know? Wow. Yeah. And how did making you... Making eye contact with the audience. That you were making eye contact. I was that time, yeah. It was more you like, have a, to. like a fuck you. Like, what do you think? I'm going to say something? And then it gets funnier and funnier. Yeah, you do the thing where you, like, act like you're about to you're say like, something. You're yeah, like, and you're like, no. Lean into it a little bit, and then, like, yeah. And then, did you say that's my time? Or did you just get off the stage? Um... I don't remember. Hmm. That would be the one thing you said, right? Yeah, I actually I don't remember. No, it was, no this idea. was like last summer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um I feel like I just I feel like I must have said something because how would they have known otherwise? That it was done. Yeah. Like, instead of <laughs> you just like leaving like the host comes I up. Because I took the microphone out and put it back in the stand multiple times. So, <laughs> I feel like I must have said something. <laughs> wow, that's cool. How did you think of that? Were you just like you didn't have any new jokes that week and you're like, "Well, this is I shouldn't feel like talking." <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, Steve Martin used to do that mm. bit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, like when he was doing stand-up and like like when he was like really young. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the the creativity of just like stuff like that. It's just like odd or <laughs> peculiar and just testing things out. I don't think I would ever do it again. No. I did. I decided I was going to do it that day. Like, during the day, I was like, I'm going to not talk on stage tonight. So when I was in the shower, I set an alarm for myself that went off every six minutes so that I could internalize how long six minutes was wow. on stage because I didn't want to look at my phone yeah. to time myself. Yeah. But I didn't want to get off after, like, 45 seconds because it feels like forever. Oh, yeah. What yeah. Was, how was the audience? How did they take it? Um, <laughs> They were, like, la like it takes a minute. You yeah, know, like, they were laughing. Happening. They liked it. Um, One of my best friends was like, what the fuck is she doing? Uh <laughs> oh yeah no you didn't tell anyone you're like this is yeah you're not no, like I didn't. i'm gonna i'm gonna be quiet yeah no. it was just like this is gonna be a surprise for everyone yeah exactly yeah that's so that's it cool. was i don't know if people appreciated it i don't think <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, no. wow that's cool um but i thought it was funny 
Oh yeah, I think it's definitely a fun one-off <laughs> kind of time. Yeah, and probably story. never again. But but now if anybody else does it, then I can be like, that's my bit. You stole <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> Don't copy my silence. Oh, I'll go back to the Wellington Eatery when I first met you, oh, yeah. where it was so interesting. Where I this was my second set, and uh, the first one I had done in May, and this one was in September because I didn't know about the comedy group on Facebook. Oh, so, so had you done Yuck Yucks? Or? Yeah, Yuck okay. Yucks was the first one I did, yeah. and then I kept trying to sign up for the clubs and then not getting back. You getting I, in, yeah. yeah, and so I didn't know how to get on. And then Laura McLean was like, "Oh, we'll just join the group on Facebook," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, sweet." And then I found out, and then uh, the next week I was on the Wellington Eatery, mm-hmm. and because um, she was still producing then, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe okay. so. And uh, that was, like, I, I had, like, practiced so much, like, by myself, like, trying to time it and, like, go through, like, so much. And then I saw you there, and you're like, oh, yeah, I wrote some new jokes this week, and I'm in a bomb. Like, you just said that, like, so casually. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, uh, that sounds like the very last thing I want. Like, I want to do so well. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, it was it was very interesting to see you be, like, Sometimes it casual. feels good to bomb mm-hmm. because... You know, people build it up in their heads so much that, like, it's this horrible thing if you don't kill every single time. Yeah. But nobody can kill every time, right? No, yeah. So sometimes, what the fuck? Gross. Something just fell uh, out of the ceiling. Onto my plate. <laughs> <laughs> At least it didn't fall in your food. Yeah, that was very close. That was, disgusting. That was so gross. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it feels good to bomb because then you just, like, it's out of the way. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the expectation that your new jokes are going to do well, you can look at them more objectively and be like, okay, did people like this one at all? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're not expecting huge laughs and you can decide whether they actually are worthwhile rewriting at all. Yeah. Where it was interesting, you did a joke that night that was fairly, I'd say, controversial, where it was like right, it was like a week after an event where you made a joke, but then you didn't do that joke anymore and then now you've you've uh, i think evolved it was it the tornado one yeah i and did it like six times did you but i stopped doing it because it wasn't um it was like not topical anymore no but then i think you've turned that into a different joke. yeah i wrote same, a different joke concept. with the same premise yeah, yeah same premise so i think that's cool to see like, yeah. i love seeing it evolve like i think yeah. that's so cool yeah no i just was like i can't do this joke forever because <laughs> the thing i hate most about comedians this is mostly like amateur comedians is like when you know that they've been telling the same jokes like forever they're like the other day whatever or like so this thing just happened and it actually happened like six months ago it's like yo write new jokes (laughs) literally just rewrite this joke so that it doesn't sound like Mm -hmm. you wrote it three months ago yeah yeah I have that where I'm like kind of in the middle or some things are like word for word and other things I like to just change it every time like use Mm -hmm. a different name or whatever just because it's way more fun for me to try at least one new thing or have a different set up something new but that way it's not the exact same thing as something before yeah trying, there's trying some stuff that's looser that's like more mm-hmm. just like concepts and yeah 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 um so i think that was super interesting for me to be like i also learned you're like i'm going bullet i'm like oh i'm learning new words yeah 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 <laughs> i thought that was so funny oh yeah i had to go first what do you think about that night in compared to other nights how i did that like how did that stand out um i'm trying to remember i think yeah, it was fine. Um, I remember that show just because I went to a party above the Wellington Eatery oh. after. Okay. So otherwise, I probably wouldn't yeah, remember no, this. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like whatever. But um, yeah, I felt fine about my set. I had like a bunch of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Not a bunch, like probably like 40% new stuff that I did. I don't remember specifically what they were besides that one yeah. joke that you mentioned. But um, I don't know if I ended up using any of it. I probably did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the next thing would be your podcast. So mm-hmm. I, I've listened to your podcast, Dumb Bitch Media. Yeah. 
Where did that name come from? It's weird for me to tell people. It's a very funny name because you tell someone I'm listening to Dumb Bitch Media and they go, oh, like they're calling themselves that. And then like I, I get to some people, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang out with those dumb bitches. Like, that's how I, like, I, that's how, that's yes, the reference I love to you that. Guys. That's awesome. But it's, and they're like, oh, oh, you, that is, that's what they're, <laughs> that's what they want to be called. Do you guys have shirts that say that? Yeah. Where did that name, how did you land on that? Somebody asked me this recently mm-hmm. and I'm like, <sighs> having a hard time 100% remembering but what happened was that we started doing these like comedy sets together as like characters right you so, and like, Evo Driscoll yeah me and Evo Driscoll um my podcast co-host we started doing we met last September and then in October we wrote this like comedy set that was like um, these characters called Dave and Boomer who were like hack male comedians who hate their wives. So we did this like set a couple times together in character, right? And oh, then cool. I think we started calling ourselves Dumb Bitch Media just like as a joke where yeah. we were like, we're like a comedy collective, whatever. So we put it in our yeah, like Twitter yeah. bios and our Instagram bios. And then when we started the podcast, we were like, obviously that's going to be the name of the podcast because it's already like a thing. Yeah, okay. Right? It also like makes people's assholes close. Like... <laughs> For sure. She got in trouble on Instagram for having it in her bio because someone said that she was being ableist. Really? For saying dumb bitch. Oh, and also, um, like, anti-woman for saying bitch. Yeah. And then turns out that that person was, like, best friends with someone who was anti-vax. And she was like, I feel like you're the problem. (laughs) This is, like, not really an issue. That's nuts. Yeah, it's so funny, though, the hypocritical things like that. that I'm recently seeing that with someone else in my life where they're upset at you for doing something, like, so upset. And then the stuff they do, are like, oh, you have no, you're so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started was with the comedy stuff that we were doing. And then, yeah, when we started the podcast, obviously, we were like, it's going to be called that. But I don't know. It's like catchy, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's very funny. Like, just telling someone, I'm listening. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, (laughs) well, okay. Yeah. That's a clever idea. And then I've, it's it been interesting hearing that also evolve. Like when it started, yeah. you guys just did it on your laptop. And yeah, like you had said, like the audio quality wasn't as good then, but it, it didn't matter. Like you were just doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's all it means is just like to start doing something and then it becomes something that's even better and better. We mostly just got better at talking into the microphone. Mm, yeah. So I still do it on my laptop. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't we sound... We still only have one that. microphone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow, well, definitely. Yeah, you, you've definitely got much better because <laughs> I couldn't tell. Talking the microphone. I switched editing software, but I don't think it helped. I actually think it made it worse. Oh, okay. I made the editing worse. Oh, I yeah. Think. Um, but yeah, I think we just got better. I learned a couple things from my friend David Slavik, yeah. who produces a podcast. Um, but yeah, mostly I think we just got better at podcasting. How would you describe the style of it like i would say like like two friends talking and hanging out yeah um it's just like i mean we say that we talk about pop culture and the internet um but it's just like two people like talking about yeah current events stuff that's going on online um the way someone recently described it was oh my god this is exactly what i've been looking for a Canadian leftist perspective on American politics from two queer, indigenous, disabled women. <laughs> and I was like, you weren't looking for that. <laughs> That's really offensive. <laughs> don't say any of those words to me. Wow. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like semi-structured, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah, like definitely. The second you guys half is like segments, and then the first half is like more just freeform. What's up? Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, I like... It's a, one of my favorite things about comedy podcasts with two comedians on it is I like that it can go from super silly conversations of 
fuck Mary kill uh, serial killers yeah. to actual politics and I get to learn about things I have no I have no idea like you guys make references or say words and I'm like I have no idea what you mean and so I get to learn from it but then also have a silly laugh at who you're casting for Little Mermaid like, yeah. and I like that those are back to back that's how I get to get my news is through kind of silliness like I can't just have an hour of watching the news I would I'd be so bored and I'd be on my phone after 10 minutes like I need like a break in between and some like Something like that. So many, like, leftist, like, political podcasts are so dry and, like, complicated and, like, really long that they're hard to listen to. And, like, Mm -hmm. I even have a hard time, you know? And then there's so many, like, comedy podcasts that do, like, current events that are, like, so, like centrist like neoliberal Mm. you know what i mean that it's just like i can't listen to them because i'm like oh my god they're all like stan hillary like whatever you know what i mean they're just like i barely do like i don't know most of the words you say they're really like um a lot of the like comedians that have podcasts that talk Mm -hmm. about actual issues don't have don't have politics that align with mine because they're more center left than like actual like socialists so i have a hard time listening to them because i find them like I find that they're, like, burning my brain to listen to their, like, political opinions. Okay. But then actual, like, socialist podcasts that have, like, politics that I align with, the pe- hosts aren't funny. <laughs> so it's hard yeah, to Yeah, and that's to. not great. Yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> we don't call ourselves a comedy podcast because I think that that puts a lot of pressure on you to always be funny. Sure. But we try to, like, talk about stuff in a way that's accessible for people. I really like the last one. Um, one of my favorite things about comedians in general is just... Uh, strong stances. Yeah. Like, I like strong opinions, even if I don't agree with it. I, I personally play devil's advocate a lot in conversations. I try not to, so I'm on my friend's sides more <laughs> because I tend to try to look at the other perspective when I shouldn't. But it's good to do that. But then, like, your friend's like, hey, why don't you just be on my side for once? Okay, like, like, true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. I should be doing that. But that's why I like, uh, like, I saw you guys on Monday and you guys were like, oh, we just did this whole podcast about how you didn't like Aziz's new special yeah, right you now. Liked it. And I really liked it. So I listened to that episode and so I thought it was super interesting to hear the things that I didn't think of at the time and agreed with or things that I didn't agree with that it just are that's the best thing is it's very subjective and everyone can have all these different specials out there that everyone can can like or not like yeah Yeah, like you got the way that you described the opening and end song you were like oh I didn't like how it started with indie I'm like wow it's just interesting to hear you label uh, Pale Blue Eyes by the Velvet Underground as just indie and I'm like oh I, I like that song a lot and I yeah. was really pumped to hear it. and you're mm-hmm. like oh I don't, I'm not familiar this, I just describe it as this type of genre that whatever Yeah. and I'm like oh I, I thought that was super cool I, I liked the stylistic thing and, but then you guys were also like you didn't you, you thought comedy special should just be about the comedy but I think they're evolving I think they're becoming something that's super they could be so different like Reggie Watts' special Spatial was very it's like his, most of his sets they're very uh, psychedelic and musical okay. and then like Todd Glass had his, his uh, Todd Glass band on his special where so it's like music is going like no other people bring out a band for their special like they're mm-hmm. able to have your own creativity and uniqueness where I liked I agree it's kind of not full comedy it was like he had very sincere moments that you're like oh what's going on right now but I don't know I, I connected to some of those I think that it's just like the comedy needs to come first mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between people who are like, you know, doing creative things with like music or whatever Mm -hmm. to like enhance their set versus people who are having these like what looks like sincere moments when what they're actually doing is they've written like PR. It's PR. Okay. It's PR. Okay. Yeah. He's not saying that off the top of his head. It's written into the set. Yes. You're right. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's definitely what it probably definitely is. You have to get it into the Netflix special so that people will listen to your statement. Yeah. No, you're right. 
because uh, you had also said you're like, oh, why would he bring it up off the top? Well, I thought it was really important, but not everyone hears his original statement to the public. This is where people would first possibly hear uh, his point of view. Possibly, yeah. Um, and then you guys also commented on what he was wearing, because normally Aziz would wear his like suit and tie, kind of looking like his character from Parks and Rec, yeah. and this he was wearing this Ride the Lightning Metallica t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't like it. No. I did like it, because I, uh, I just thought it was, was way more casual. I thought it was like as if, I guess kind of what you're saying, like a PR move of like looking like you're just hanging out with him. And it's this the is fall what he from would grace. Be like. it's, he's, yeah. he's everybody else now. He's yeah. knocked off his pedestal. Since then, I have seen three people around Algonquin wearing that exact wearing same Ride shirt. The yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, he just, like, it's kind of thing like you'd wear. I find, yeah, I wear a Nirvana hat. Like, I feel like that's very popular <laughs> yeah. uh, shirt I see a lot, or Thrasher, like something like that. It's just like, oh, if I, if you want to bet what's something you'll find walking down the street, there's like a handful of uh, items you might, yeah, it's, you, could, you might say, oh, well, I'm definitely going to find this in the mall. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's why I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> just yeah. the different perspective and hearing that. I heard somebody talking about his Ride the Lightning t-shirt on Thursday, actually. Oh, yeah. They were talking about these days special, and they were like, oh, he was wearing a Ride the Lightning t-shirt. And I was like, for some reason, people are talking about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, it, just, it was very different. I, and you're right, calculated and yeah. on purpose. It feels intentional, for sure. And I mean, it has to, because it sucks for him to be put in this me too bubble mm-hmm. while his shouldn't be but it did, was anyways because it was just at the same time right and so he's stuck with like this shitty scenario that he just got put in i mean i think he's acknowledged that like what he did was kind of like wrong and like mm-hmm. i have like issues with the framework surrounding me too and stuff like that but what i didn't like about his special mm-hmm. and i said this on my podcast was that he i don't think that he actually believes that what he did was wrong i think he believes it was wrong it affected his career because when he opened off the top with an explanation about his accusations of sexual impropriety yeah he then went on to make a bunch of jokes about people like r kelly and michael jackson yes in a way that was setting himself apart from those people when they've all been grouped under the same label of like the me too movement Mm -hmm. where it's like well whether you agree with whether they should be grouped together or not in the eyes of the public, he's no different than them. Yeah, and so he needs to be like, I'm better, I'm above. Yeah, whereas yeah. if he was actually accepting the fact that what he did was wrong, he mm-hmm. wouldn't be trying to differentiate himself from, like, yeah. Louis C.K. or, yeah. like, whatever. I, uh, I was actually in a university study, a Carlton U study in the, the winter, where that was the topic. It was about Louis specifically. Okay. And the opening question this student asked me was, uh, if you like someone's art, do okay. you think you're going to like them as a person? Right. And what I'll tell you my answer, but what was uh, what was your what would you say to that? Um, I would say that it probably is it a yes or no question no. or it was like a No, like it's what do you yeah, like you can elaborate. Okay. I would say that I, I probably wouldn't cross my mind honestly. No. <laughs> like no, not initially. Okay. Because you don't need to like personally engage with everyone whose art that you like. You know. For sure. Uh, I said in general, yes. I find when I hear okay. someone's music or stand-up or I see someone's art and I if you connect find it to relatable, it, I would, I would think it's a big part of their personality. And if I connect to it, I'd be like, oh, as a person, I probably would be able to. But then there's, of course, the exceptions of people making awesome things or having a strong talent. And then they do things you don't agree with. Sure. And then you find it later. But you can like people that are all abusive, too, right? Like, yeah. just because people are abusive, it doesn't mean they're abusive to everyone. Yes. And people who are good abusers are usually very well liked by For most sure. people. Ah, yeah, I heard that actually on a podcast or on Jim and Sam show, Jim Norton show with Sam Roberts. Uh, they said they had Harvey Weinstein on several mm-hmm. times, and they were like, "That guy was like 
very friendly and open and all to them and are very like, giving when it's like oh he's doing extra to hi- or try to like exactly what you're saying of like oh he's cool to me exactly <laughs> and yeah. then you get more people on your side and they're like yeah. you're, they're, then they're unsure of the other perspectives which it's just a yeah calculated mani- manipulating yeah. plan on society and people and so I mean I think it's fine to say that if you like someone's art you think you would probably like them because you know most of the time what people are putting into their art is like something specific that they want to communicate and if you're connecting with that message mm-hmm. you're probably the type of person that they would connect with yeah regardless of whatever they do or don't do to other people yeah but then it's also interesting and complicated where like even with the example of the, the whole topic was louis specifically mm-hmm. he had already kind of inspired me in different ways of how he released content like for five dollars how he made all his own yeah. stuff how just like so many different ways and it's like well he's already uh affected me positively in those ways and it's like oh well but i'm not happy with the stuff he did like it's obviously shitty but then it, you can't take away that uh, they've affected you positively in certain ways but it's just yeah it's a, it's a gray area of complicated like people aren't all fully good or evil like it's just people do different things well it's like i also don't really think that like you know people do bad things and if they haven't received any like legal repercussions people can choose whether or not to book those people if they want you know like people mm-hmm. are like oh louis ck should never work again mm-hmm. he's already like really like suffered like from oh, like, a yeah. monetary perspective and yeah. like whatever i don't think anyone should have that much money anyways like i don't care <laughs> yeah i don't care yeah but if people want to book him that's their business people mm-hmm. can choose not to give them money yeah if they choose to book someone but they have the right to book whoever they want just like people have For the sure. right to not attend yeah. that comedy show or give people money based on who they book. And then now we know who's booking this person and then you're like, oh, what do I think about that booker? Exactly, and then, yeah. And then you have your own perspective. Like, don't shut them down. Let them, let you, let let's them, see you. Let them do what they want so that you know who you actually want to engage mm-hmm. with because if people are afraid of being canceled for no mm-hmm. reason, then they're actually just hiding their opinions or character that might not be something that you actually want to engage with. Yeah, I think it was... Trevor Noah, who was like, he liked the racism in Africa because it was very blatant. It said, <laughs> like, here's you the know, racism. You know who's racist While in America, people are like, I'm not racist. And then they say a racist thing. It's like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> like, you don't know, but you're saying you're not, but you are. Exactly. Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not going to book this person in the local scene or like whatever because... Um, because other people are going to get mad at me and I know that they won't like it. And it's like, no, if you want to book that person... Oh, yeah. Because huh. you value their comedy more than people's safety Hmm. that's fine but recognize the fact that that says something about you yeah and you shouldn't not do it just because you're afraid that people are going to know the truth about your character as a producer yeah huh yeah it's interesting it's yeah what you're (laughs) what you want what society will look at you as Mm -hmm. yeah interesting setup what if so you've gone to like how many shows do you think you've done in stand-up it's too many to get. Oh my God. I just saw your face. Yeah, it's like, oh, like you're trying to like go through, like, it's impossible. The guy's like, I like a ballpark. Um, probably like almost 100. Wow, nice. Maybe like less than that, but between 80 and 100, I would say, because I've cool. been doing it for a year and a half. And that's crazy. For the first little bit, I wasn't doing that many shows. And then I was kind of doing one show a week. And now I've been doing more than one show a week. So I would say it evens out to probably one a week for the last year and a half. Wow. Probably. That's, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like that's probably. And how are I you? I wish I had tracked it. Yeah. I, I'm still doing that on my phone each time I write like the, I I bring the number up. Started. No? Oh. 
Damn. So uh, how many recordings? You record most sets? Um, I haven't recorded a set since the winter competition. Oh, why is that? Um, I don't really like listening to myself. Okay, that's very So fair, I yeah. have, like, my last, like, good recording is from January, and then I think I had one that I did in the winter competition, like, over March or something. Okay. But I don't think I have the recording anymore. Hmm. Like, I don't think I ever, like, saved it to my Google Drive and I got a new phone, so... Hmm. I'm planning on recording my set next Tuesday, like, during my competition night. What is it you don't like hearing? Your own voice or the reaction? I don't like listening to my own voice. I don't like looking at myself. So unless I'm just recording it audio, yeah. but then it's like if I want to post it, you can't really use just audio. Yeah, yeah. So you need a video. <laughs> or you need to get a good animator to yeah, animate, to animate you <laughs> telling the jokes. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's super cool to know how many you're doing. Like I have friends that uh, they're amazed by just me being at 20 now. That's but awesome then though. I, I'm pumped about it. But just yeah. to hear that number, like, that's that's so crazy and cool to hear. Do you record most of your sets? or? Yeah, I, okay. I've recorded all of them, but two. One of okay. them, I was really scared to do it because it was at Meow That's Hot and it was the all lotto show. Like, oh, yeah. And, so I didn't know when I was going up. So it was hard for me to like be in the mindset of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up, I'm going to go up, I'm going to go up and then have to get ready to record. And yeah. I also thought I was going to bomb hard because it was all comics. And, then and it, you felt and weird then it, and nervous. Yeah, yeah, and then it went well where I'm like, oh, oh I wish I got it. But then since then I've just gotten, I've done all of them. And I try to listen back, but yeah, it's the same thing. I have all these recordings that I have probably listened to two or three of them. I think I need to record more. Mm-hmm. I'd say that definitely, that's just all I've heard uh, from a lot of professionals. That's the, a big part of it. Why do they tell you to record though? Like what do they tell you to look for in your recordings? Um, I think it's because in the moment you hear what you want to hear or it's a different, you, you hear different things. And then you also hear, uh, you don't realize that you say things like, on my show on Wednesday in the competition, I actually said DW DWI instead of DUI, and I didn't realize I said that. Yeah. While my friend was like, a guy was next to him correcting everything, like to his girlfriend, he would like go to her, like, it's DUI. No, it's DWI. Dr- oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well. Drinking while under the influence oh, in the wow. U.S. It's called the DWI. Oh wow. So okay. You're fine. Well, then I was I was right there, but I said it. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. But I just um, assumed you really knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I know. No, I really didn't. Okay, <laughs> I, made, I was I made like, a mistake. damn, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, maybe now I'm just going to keep going with that. You should. <laughs> um, but then, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I guess. So sometimes you just don't even know what you say. Like, you, you're just like, you're kind of in the zone. And then you find out after you said something, you're like, oh, did I? Like, I don't I, I was so in a different headspace. Yeah. That you're not there. And then you get to listen back and hear just different things that you didn't know. Because, um... Someone actually was asking me last night, like, why we record our sets. Like, he was like, what do you look for? And I was like, um, I don't know Mm. why people always tell you to record your sets. Like, when I'm listening, usually it's for, like, overall, like, flow of the jokes. Like, if there's anything that I can move around, as Mm. well as, like, how people are actually, like, reacting to the jokes in Mm. comparison to other jokes in my set. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm doing new stuff, just, like, if there's stuff I can cut out of the joke to make it quicker. Yeah. I had heard someone say that you should also record the person before you and after you. Like, have it going. That way you can hear the differences of how you're being compared, kind of. I would never listen and to someone's set again immediately after hearing it the first time. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I record kind of the first couple minutes before, or at the end of the person before me. That way I don't have to think about it too much before going up. So I, I do have a little bit of it, but okay. I don't. I don't record after. I'm like, as soon as I'm done, I'm like, I'm trying to like stop this. And Sometimes I record part more. of the host if they're doing time in between. Hmm. Why is that? 
Because they're also a comedian. I mean, yeah. ideally, they'd be making the audience laugh. So it's like a good gauge of like. Oh, okay. Of how the audience worse, is reacting. Yeah. Then you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's interesting. What have you? Uh, what have been some of the the, the best intros that you've? had about you have you had anything funny that anything connected where you're like oh that was good or bad or like when they bring you on yeah um well at the carp show on thursday that i did this week Mm -hmm. um after i got off stage tavis was like that's my three-year-old son because he'd just (laughs) been doing jokes about his son yeah yeah um that was funny (laughs) what else do people say about me um kb said that i was ottawa comedy's biggest virgin um, Ev loves to bring me up to say we've only made out three times. <laughs> um, I don't know why she picked that number. It's <laughs> random. Um, I don't know. Usually people just like mention the podcast when they okay. bring me up. I yeah. think because it's easy, and then they for don't sure. really have to ask me for any credits or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. I always just say I have nothing for you to say about me. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just bring, 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 me bring me up. Bring me up. Say my name. That's all I've got. <laughs> um. All right. I think. I'm almost going to wrap this up. I just want to go to one more thing. Uh, This is completely away from where we were most of this time, but you had gone to school for, to be a paramedic. Yeah, I started. Oh, you started. Okay. Have you ever had anything, I guess, where you're like, oh, I, I'm going to have to use some of my training now. I got a show. Have you had a show? Yeah. Um, cause there's some pretty, uh, like there can be some pretty intoxicated people or like people like, (laughs) I don't know. Not like at a show. No. Like, I mean, after I went to Carleton, I worked for the Department of Safety as, like, a first responder and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty used to dealing with drunk people. So yeah, I okay. feel like I don't even really, like, Realize. clock yeah. it a yeah. lot of the time when I'm just, like, talking to people and stuff. But mm-hmm. recently at a show, like, a, two weeks ago, my friend was, like, really, really drunk. And she lost her phone. And mm-hmm. I had to, like, find her phone. And I was also drunk. So I guess it was good that I was, like, calm. Yeah, okay. It's, like, not a big deal. But I mean. But do you think that really helped? Like, you learn to, like, breathe when you're in an intense scenario? Yeah, you just learn to, like, focus on what you have to do to resolve the situation. And, like, Mm. I think that can be helpful in comedy as well because you learn how to, like, focus on the task at hand and not, like, think about other stuff and, like, psych yourself out, right? Or, like, you know, because once you start, once you get two in your head, then that's when it goes down. (laughs) (laughs) I had that problem when I first started. I would sit by myself trying to think about what I was going to say. Yeah. And now I've learned, oh, it's better to be talking with the other comics or other people. That way you're kind of already in the flow of like being with people and and you're not thinking in your own head of what you're going to say. You're already kind of just going to, oh, I'm going up, which is much better. (laughs) I struggle with that too because I try my best not to bring notes on stage and I'm really bad for bringing notes because my Mm memory is bad. But I find if I'm trying not to bring notes on stage, I really want to like focus on my set before I go up to try and remember what my point is. (laughs) But, um, I need to get better at just like doing whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to go in for the close. So the way that we end is I'm going to show you six possible ways we could end without the the description of them. So you just tell me which one of these, so you can look through them. Don't say what they are. Just pick the one you want based off the title. And I'll tell you how we're going to end. Three, obviously. What's, uh, three, obviously. Three? Dumb note. Oh, dumb note. Okay, so <laughs> um, this one is, let's just, do you have your phone? Do you have a do you have notes app? Um, my notes app recently got deleted when I got a new phone. Okay. But I have, um, I remember one that I have okay. from well, recently. I just want to go through a couple, like, because I feel like if you look through my notes like a crazy person, actually. Let's look through my Twitter drafts. Sure, yeah. Sure. Does that work? Yeah, perfect. And then this is kind of, yeah, just like free writing or brainstorming this is like how you come up with a joke right yeah that's how i do it okay i have some drafts for you okay okay here's one 
You're not going to know any of these words. Okay. <laughs> Volcel Smooth Brain Caucus. What? <laughs> what is that? Volcel is voluntarily celibate. Okay. Smooth brain is what you call people who are really dumb. Okay. And caucus is like a faction of like a political party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The other one I have is you need to let the alcohol sit. Hmm. Okay. It's an Arrested Development reference. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't get that. You, have you seen Arrested Development? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they do this whole thing where they keep saying, like, oh, if you let the alcohol sit, like, um, or if you let, like, juice sit, it turns into alcohol. So, like, they go to, like, um, rehab. Okay. And then they're like, oh, my God, we have cans of grape juice. We can still make alcohol. And it's, like, a lie that someone had told them their whole life (laughs) about how alcohol is made. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, I've got one here. uh, Crypto connoisseur. Okay. That's it. That's like, funny. I, just I like that. With, okay, I like sweet. the word crypto a lot. I think it's very funny. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. I just had that the other day. I kind of said it on the spot. And then he also end with this last one, which is just a quote from Calvin and Hobbes okay. about absurdity. Isn't it strange that evolution would give us a sense of humor? When you think about it, it's weird that we have a physiological response to absurdity. We laugh at nonsense. We like it. We think it's funny. Don't you think that it's odd that we appreciate absurdity? Why would we develop that way? How does it benefit us? And then Hobbes said, I suppose if we couldn't laugh at things that didn't make sense, we couldn't react to a lot of life. And then Calvin stands there by himself and Hobbes walks away and he's like, I can't tell if that's funny or really scary. <laughs> and, I like that a lot. And yeah. I was super into that. Um, that's awesome. So actually one more thing before we wrap this up is yep. I one time was running to a show cause I thought it was late. Turns out I wasn't. And okay. I dropped my set list or my, oh, no. on the ground. And if someone found that they would be looking at this list of like a crazy person of yeah, like totally. what are all these words so what would someone find like of one of your set lists and be like what is this person's day like, like do you want me to like read a set list sure yeah okay unemployed mm-hmm. jail love languages my ex-girlfriend's birthday 200 kilometers fat pussy jane fonda church casting director shower I think that is a great way to end it. Sophie, thank you for so much for coming on. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. Bye.